And our very special guest this morning is Michael Simmendinger. He is with militarymobility.com. I, I just want to mention the dot .com yeah. part because if you Google it or Bing it, Make sure you put .com, otherwise you get this thing about uh, border forces and deployments. Yeah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. That's not it. Uh, it is militarymobility.com. And I'm going to let you explain. It's a um, nonprofit that you can support, and it's something that's uh, close to my heart because it helps out our military veterans, and anything that does that is okay in my book. And you guys do a fantastic job. Um, Thanks. I don't think it's a secret that the suicide rate for combat veterans in this country is through the roof. Astronomical. And it's gotten worse. The suicide rate across the country since the pandemic began uh, has been shameful, but for military personnel, it is really high. And the reason I mention that is that's kind of the reason this program was developed. Yeah, uh, 100%. To get people... Military veterans grounded and give them something to look forward to and become part of something again. Yeah. That's the one thing, having grown up in the military and served myself. I was fortunate when I got out, I had something to do in civilian life, and I knew what it was going to be, and I wasn't involved directly in combat. So knock on wood. Right. <laughs> you know? right. But for those that were, one of my best friends in high school ended up uh, in the Marine Corps, and did not come back the same as he left. Yeah, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I think it'd be anytime you know you deploy in in service of uh, liberation or freedom of our country. I think uh, you know any combat veteran that's you know worth his salt will tell you you always leave a little bit of your peace of your soul on the battlefield. You know you leave it with your brothers that you've lost and you've left it. You know just just you give everything you have in that moment for your country and your, your fellow soldiers, um, you know, and even, you know, in the Navy, when you're on that flight deck, you know, I've had family members seeing people cut in half by the arresting cable, the arresting cable snap and launch um, some of the steam. Uh, the problems with steam powered launch uh, yeah. are not exactly Military secrets, yeah. yeah and and I, people just not watching. It's so loud and there's so much going on. You can't look everywhere. And we've lost a lot of air crew people to accidents, um, whether jet intakes or other parts of aircraft that they run into. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I mean, these are these are valid concerns for, for service members that are getting out, you mm-hmm. know, is – how do I adjust, right? How do I find a, a new normal? Um, not every MOS translates to something in civilian life. No, not at <laughs> no. all. Not at all. Um, I chose to jump out of planes, you know, so. <laughs> There's not a lot of no, call for that. I'm definitely not going to be a skydiving instructor. Um, <laughs> or a smoke jumper out no, in the Western absolutely States. absolutely not. Yeah. You know, so it took me, it probably took me four or five years to really kind of ground myself back into to normal society and my community and and figure out exactly what I wanted to do with, you know, the rest of my life. And um, I actually read a quote um, a minute ago, and I wanted to read it to you because I think it kind of tails into what we're going to talk about today, if you don't mind. Sure. It's a quote by Nelson Mandela, and it says, what counts as life is not the mere fact that we live in it. It is what difference we have made to 
lives of others that will determine the significance of the life we lead. What a great man. Yeah. And I think that's just a really great quote because, you know, in the service, we continue to serve something greater than ourselves, right? Yes. Um, We both grew up in military families. So growing up in a military family, you're taught, you know, love your country, selfless service and honor and duty are very important characteristics that my father um, forced on us as as kids, (laughs) right? Yeah. But now looking back, you know, I couldn't be more thankful for that lesson that he taught me. And, you know, going forward and, and and joining the service myself and serving my country, and, I, you know, I have multiple combat deployments, um, you start seeing guys and they're getting out and they're broken. Yeah. Um, and you're seeing that because, you know, we're not prepared to transition out of the military, right? When I uh, was doing my retirement, I went to a class for a week. They taught me how to write a resume. and how to how to fill out my VA paperwork and that's what they taught me and then they gave me my papers and I was on my way have a nice life right and then wow when I got out you know I started to try to piece my life back together right all of a sudden I've got three young kids um my wife was diagnosed with cancer at the time like two weeks after I retired wow um, she passed away a year later. So then now I have a brain injury, I have PTSD, and I have three small kids. And you're grieving. And I'm grieving, <laughs> yeah. and I'm learning to be a father at the same time. Yeah. Because of my deployments, you I, weren't around I didn't know how to be a father. Yeah. So it was all this very sudden crash course to me. And I think when we get out and we take those on, I think what happens is is we need to be able to know how to reach out for help. And the military doesn't teach us to do that. Um, You know, when you get hurt in the military, it's how fast can you get better, right? Yes. You're no good to us broke is basically. It's like professional sports. It is. (laughs) I mean. You need to get healed up and get back in there. Right. And that's. And that's how you're treated, right, is you have an ACL tear. Okay, how, how fast can we get him back on the battlefield, right? Yeah. Um, but the one thing I think that people, and I think it comes from Vietnam too, is we didn't learn that lesson, is how do you treat these invisible wounds? You know, whether it's a brain injury, whether it's PTSD, um, how do you treat these invisible wounds? At and, least we have a term for it now, the PTSD, because yeah. back in my dad's day, uh, World War II, the Korean War, even after Vietnam, Vietnam. you had shell shock and, um, well, the thousand-yard stare yeah. came out in Vietnam, but um, there was another term, but battle fatigue. Yeah. Battle fatigue and shell shock were the two big things from World War II and Korea, and then you had that thousand-yard stare yeah. uh, in Vietnam, but they all were related to service-related injuries, uh, either being around major concussions Uh, from shells and other explosives. Sometimes there were things that we, our troops set off themselves, and other times there were things that were aimed at them. But those, nobody realized the hidden wounds, um, the trauma that the brain takes in some of those instances, and then the trauma of the emotional trauma that somebody goes through. Oh, 100%. I mean, I think we're, we're putting ourselves in, for a lack of a better word, moral morally compromising positions, right? 
Absolutely. Um, we grow up being taught, you know, you shouldn't kill, thou shalt not kill, you know, and so you grow up in these societal parameters of what's right and what's wrong. And then you're asked to do something that goes against everything <laughs> you've ever been taught, right? Yeah. Um, and so you do a lot of training. There's a lot of, uh, you know, inundation that goes with that, you know, as you're going through basic training, as you're, you're training and everything culminates running missions, right? Cause that's your job at the end of the day. Yeah. And so, you know, we, me and uh, Brian sat down and we were like, what's going on? How can we help? We both have been very um, affected by suicide, um, whether it's our friends or whether it's, you know, something I've dealt with personally, you know, um, getting to that point where you have you feel like you have nowhere to turn. The VA can see you, their therapist see you once every three to six months if you're lucky. Yeah. Um, I'm on my eighth doctor. I've only lived here four years. I'm on my eighth <laughs> doctor at the VA. So, wow. you know, those aren't resources that are conducive to helping these veterans out. And so what we kind of decided to do was start a uh, nonprofit. It's a 501c3. So, you know, every donation we get is tax deductible, um, which is nice. You know, there are some nonprofits that don't have that ability. Um, But what we do is we specialize in off-road expeditions and resiliency training for vets. And what we're finding is we're trying to jumpstart their passion, fuel their teamwork, navigate their uncertainty, right? Help them kind of in that transition space. Yeah. align strategic goals, and recover potential, right? The recovery potential means is that what can we do to put them on the path that's going to help them recover just a little bit faster? And, you know, so what we do is we we get a group of veterans together. We take them out to the Moab Desert, um, and we run basically kind of simulated missions to a degree, we put them back in kind of an austere environment, which is what they're used to overseas. Right. So we kind of get their brain moving a little bit, right? Now they're in these small truck teams, four-man teams, right? So you have a navigator. You yeah, have- but you said the key word there is they're part of a team. Exactly. They're not by themselves or trying to deal with something with a loved one that really doesn't understand. They exactly. try, but they really don't understand. And here, here they are with four people that understand exactly how they feel right? and they're part of a team again. Right. And you know, what we're seeing is about day two or three is because we have about 12 vets, 12 to 15 vets total is what we bring on, on one trip. Okay. And then we break them down into four man truck teams. And then what we're seeing is at night, every night we have a huge bonfire in the middle of the desert. We all kind of sit around and we talk about, you know, the objectives for the following day. We talk about what we learn from the, you know, that day's progress, right? Mm-hmm. But another thing we talk about is we talk about mental health with these guys. And we, you know, let them know that it's okay to to feel and have these emotions. I think, you know, as we go through basic training and we go through all this different training, you know, you're taught to compartmentalize everything. Yeah. And when you do that, right, we put it away. We're not dealing with it in that in that time. But eventually your file is full. And you have to deal with that stuff. Yeah, and it's it's all locked up there. Yeah. Yeah. All so, those compartments have something in them. Yeah. So eventually, you know, what we found is is that these guys have to have those outlets. These guys have to have that that feeling of acceptance. Um, and so we try to give them that, and we try to get them back into this this environment where there's. 12 other people now that are dealing with the exact same thing that they were dealing with. And so now they're not alone anymore. Right. 
So what happens is, is these guys transition from, say, Fort Benning and they move back to Ohio where they're from, but no one around them has served. So now they're trying to relate to society, if you will, but the society doesn't understand what they've been through. And I think every true combat veteran is, you know, a little piece of them is what they're looking for. And I think for myself, having been through it, that was what I was looking for. That piece of me that, you know, I lost over there, which was my empathy, my compassion, you know, my ability to 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 relate to somebody and say, you know, I, I know what you're going through. And I think, you know, when we're transitioning out and we're going through these struggles, if there there's no one there to listen to us or hear us, I think that's where the, sui- the suicide is coming in for these guys. Right. They don't have any other place to turn. And what we want to do is give them that place to turn, make it a community, right? So what happens is after these guys are done with their course with us, we have them for five days. Um, we fly them out there. We do catering. We do everything for them. Wow, cool. Um, yeah, but it's expensive. <laughs> uh, it's about $3,500 a veteran from door to door, right? Um, and so we rely on those donations to kind of help us do that. Um, we have some great sponsors as well, um, like Killcliffe, uh Energy Drinks, uh, OVM Financial here in Virginia Beach, uh, Hampton Roads area. Uh, Brett Cameron over at Allstate has been phenomenal help for us. Um, but what we do is we take these guys and – and we try to just give them a little bit of themselves back, right? That that ability to help somebody else get through their thing because that's what really helps vets. If one vet can help another vet, you'll see that one vet that helped is a completely different person. You know, so really with veterans, it's not that we're selfish and we're just dwelling on our issues. It's that we want to help other people. Yeah. And I think, you know, we forget about that piece. Right. Well, a lot of that stuff emotionally, and it's not a secret. Mm -hmm. Uh, It has to be shut down when you're involved in combat situations because if you have empathy and you have uh, this understanding for the other guy, you may not be going home tonight. Correct. Right. Uh, That's not that's not exactly the mission. So right, uh, it is relearning uh, a different mindset. Correct. uh, I know when. In the Vietnam era, there was, you mentioned they, they told you how to fill out your papers yes. and how to write a, um, a resume. I had a dear friend, Corporal Billings, uh, I was, I did drill weekends in NAS Olathe, Kansas, which is, okay. it's not the middle of nowhere, but if you find it on the map, it's right next door. And Billings was there with a bunch of other Marines and he showed up one day in his dress blues. They had one of those, um. Uh, like they do with the Marines, where they said, okay, dress inspection. Yeah, These guys were right from in-country. They literally were Marine Air, and he had been a door gunner and a medevac uh, driver and been shot down. He'd been in, I think, three or four aircraft that were shot down. And here he is. His transition was they assigned him to an anti-submarine warfare squadron in Olathe, Kansas. Yeah. So they would drop buoys, sonar buoys in the station lake, and that's it was like make work, 
But yeah. that was their transition to civilian life. Was they stationed them in Olathe, Kansas, yeah. right from <laughs> from uh, in country airfield. That's nuts. Yeah, they sent anyway. me to be a drill sergeant. <laughs> oh no, really? Yeah. So I came out of country, um, and uh, I medevaced out of country, and I went through all my, you know physical therapy and doing all my medical stuff that I needed to do for me. And then uh, they were like, well, you're non-deployable anymore. So we're going to yank you out of the unit you're in and we're going to put you over here because you can't do what these guys are doing anymore. So, you know, that I think went to a lot of myself. Well, before we get any further, I want to mention that before we went live, you and I were talking and I love this because Michael says, uh, "Yeah, well, I got blown up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was going down this list of injuries. Oh, yeah, and I got blown up. Yeah, it happens. Uh, it happens. You weren't just uh, non-deployable anymore. You had been injured. Yeah. It, it wasn't that uh, you couldn't go. It's, no. Or you wouldn't go. It's, you physically couldn't any longer. Yeah, I, I guess I forget about it like that, you know, because I, I see it so differently. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, I often tell people, and I know this sounds absolutely insane, but the day I got blown up was the absolute worst day of my life and the absolute best day of my life. Really? Yeah, I know that that sounds insane. But I guess it, the clarity that comes with the that. The clarity uh, that comes with. the gratefulness with, that you made it. Yeah, so there's three guys in my truck that died, and me and another guy lived. And so having gone through that, it makes you very appreciative for what you do have. Right. right. So like where people, you know, they're I know, especially now during the pandemic, you know, people are stressed about money and how they're going to pay their bills. Right. And, um, you know, having gone through that, I have a <laughs> clarity. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, you know, worst comes to worst. I can always live like I they think, can't eat me. Right. So, yeah. You know, um, so I attribute a lot of that to I wouldn't be who I am today without having gone through gotcha. those difficulties. Um, you know, I got to a very, very, very dark place and, um, I attempted suicide and, you know, because I wasn't getting the help from the VA and, uh, I decided at that time that I was going to put myself into a PTSD program. I found one that I liked. I went and did it. It was six weeks and it changed my life. Um, it gave me tools that I didn't have before to deal with me. As a person, right? And to be able to articulate exactly what my thought process was. Or I thought I was weak because I was having these thoughts that my friends weren't having. But come to find out, my friends were having the exact same (laughs) thoughts I was having. They just weren't talking about it either. Right, because... We don't talk about that stuff. We're not not trained to do that, right? We're not trained to say, hey, I feel this way. And so, you know, with military mobility, we've really wanted it to be a, just a welcoming place for all combat veterans. So it doesn't matter if you were a Coast Guard, if you were Air Force, Marine Corps, Navy, Army, um, if you're a male, female, whatever your MOS was, um, you know, we welcome everybody. We want everybody to be accepted. And, you know, we, we just want to help people get better and to fulfill their lives and, I think the way we have everything structured is uh, Brian, who I told you about, he's right. our president. Um, 
Brian Ribera. Brian Ribera. He started military mobility. Um, he just started it off kind of, it was nonchalant at first. He was going out and trying to deal with his own issues and his own teammates. Hey, uh, this really works. Yeah. <laughs> One of and, those light bulb moments. Right. And then so his buddies started wanting to join him. And then so he's like, well, man, if these guys want to do it, I'm sure there's tons of people that want to do this. Yeah. And so we started, you know, he is a 23-year 23, 23 Navy veteran. And he's got, you know, just tons of training knowledge. And so we put together this really, really awesome uh, structured course. And what he did that I don't think any other nonprofit's doing is he went and got FEMA certified so that we can get the veterans while they're with us FEMA certified as well. Oh, cool. So if there's a natural disaster in their community, like Virginia Beach has a hurricane or something like that, that veteran can go to the FEMA trailer, sign in, and start helping out with the rescue process. Yeah, because what they're going to see is nothing as bad as what they've already seen. Right. And But what it's giving is giving the veteran another way to serve something greater than themselves and it's giving them another community to attach themselves to and something to look forward to right because these guys do annual training and you know they they go through all this stuff and so it's you know it's so nice to be able to to see a veteran come from such a low place and then come through one of our courses and at the end of the five days man they're not even the same person now they have this other group of 11 people that they're, you know, they've gone through some trials and tribulations with, so they're bonded. And now they have someone to reach out. They create their own Facebook groups where they're supporting each other. We had uh, one veteran, he, you know, was very suicidal. One of his buddies that went on his trip with him got on the airplane, flew to him, and then took him, drove him 200 miles and checked him into a PTSD facility. Wow. So, you know, with doing this and creating these groups – you know, we have a 0% suicide rate after a veteran has attended our course. Oh, that's remarkable. So there, it, aren't, there aren't many uh, nonprofits that can boast yeah. a zero rate of recurrence. And I think, I think Brian's um, pedigree, right? Um, he did some special operations stuff. Right. Yeah, um, he was not a Navy cook. I, I meant to mention that. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, but his pedigree and the way our training is set up, I, I really do believe that we take the worst of war and we reface it for that veteran. You know, living in an austere environment, going out and doing missions, you get them kind of back into that clicking mode yeah. where they're like, all right, I know how to do this. I'm good at this. So we're giving them that self-worth back. We're giving them that self-confidence back that they lacked. And that's what we really see is when you transition out of the military, you're being stripped of everything you know. So... I joined when I was 18. All I knew was the military. All I knew was the Army and yeah. what my rules and regulations were, what uniform I had to be in, how my hair had to be cut, and now all that's gone. So what we're doing is we're taking these guys and we're putting them back and giving them something they understand. But more importantly, we're giving them tools to deal with themselves when they get home. Excellent. And by the way, if you're just joining us, our guest this morning, Michael Simmendinger. And uh, he is with militarymobility.com. Yes. Make sure you put the .com in there. That's a 5013C. Yeah. Uh, non it's a nonprofit. And if you would like to make a contribution, if you've enjoyed listening this morning and want to help them out with their mission, go to militarymobility.com. 
there's a uh, donate page mm-hmm. on there, and you can find out more. Yeah, and we cool. also have Facebook, uh, Military Mobility. If you put us in Facebook, we also oh, cool. have an Instagram page, Military Mobility. Um, Instagram is really cool because uh, Brian's out in Wyoming, and he's been taking all these really cool pictures and posting them right. uh, of some really, really cool stuff. But, you know, we're really looking forward to 2021. Um, I think we have some really cool stuff on the horizon. Um, and I think you guys are going to be really surprised by the end of this year how big you see the growth of military mobility. Well, we've got like five minutes left here. So okay. um, I wanted to get with you on the vehicles that you guys use. Oh, yeah. That's, that's a really cool story Yeah, all in its own. Yeah, so a lot of our vehicles have been just old 4x4s that were donated to mm-hmm. us. Um, and the each one has been Brian has gone through and added you know shocks or whatever they needed, but they're all being worked on by by veterans, um, and so they're basically we've created a fleet of four by four vehicles that are basically constructed by veterans for veterans. Um, all the parts are you know either donated to us or so you know we we buy them out of our donations, um, but everything that we do is for the veteran. Um, about 90%, 90 cents of every dollar goes directly to the veteran. Um, wow. We don't have a big overhead or infrastructure. Um, so we try to minimize all that to make sure that, you know, the veteran's getting the end product. Right. Um, and I think that that's important. Um, I think there's a lot of nonprofits out there that, you know, CEOs are getting four or five million dollar <laughs> yeah. bonuses. And, but, and, you know, that's money that could go to a veteran, yep. um, you know. I don't get paid anything. Brian doesn't get paid anything. We do this out of a labor of love and passion that we have to help our community because if veterans can't help veterans, who's going to help us? Right. And I think that's where everybody's at now. The VA is completely overloaded. And if we're not willing to stand up and help our own community, no one else is going to help us. And I think that's the key is we have to get this number down of these veteran suicides, because if we don't, we will eventually become extinct. Yeah, there's a, a whole, it's a different battlefield now than what it was Absolutely. 10, 20 years ago, and um, the repercussions of serving in a combat zone are different. Yes. They're, they're, it's just a different animal, and although the VA has come a long way, Yes. Uh, they have so far to go. Yes. Uh, and the, the country's understanding of veteran problems is expanding. It's getting better. It's still not where it needs to be. Um, but it is getting better. There is some progress there. But groups like yours are ushering in um, a better time for, for the veterans that really desperately need the help. Because like you said, the suicide rate is through the roof. And, and that's another thing, you know, if you're listening to this and you need someone to talk to, you know, my name is Mike Simendinger. You can find me on Facebook. I'm here to talk to you. Um, you know, another thing, if they want to come on one of our courses, all they have to do is go to the militarymobility.com. They can fill out a form. Um, we go through and we vet everybody and um, we make sure they're medically stable, obviously, to to participate. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there are people out there that want to help. And I think a lot of times the word doesn't get out, right? Um, you Hopefully know, this gets the word out. I hope so. You, a you know, bit. if we could help one person, man, everything that 
you know, the time I spend away from my family and the time I spend on this, you know, is, is a hundred percent worth it to me. I don't want anybody to feel as alone as I did the night I tried to take my own life. You know, I want people to know that there's someone here for them. I want people to know that there's someone who's experienced what you're experiencing and it's not weak to say I need help. Well, as good as you were at what you did in the military, I'm really glad you were bad at suicide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Such a blessing to have you here. Yeah. And this is a great organization. Um, MilitaryMobility.com, Facebook, uh, hit the webpage. They, they have a really cool website. Um, that has yeah, it's got some really cool insight. videos. Yeah, and, it does. Uh, uh, we do a lot of drone photography while we're out there, so yeah. you get to see a lot of the aerial view of beautiful Moab Desert in Utah. Um, you also, we do some excursions in the winter. We try to do a little bit of everything. So the one thing I do like is no one course is like the other. Each course is independent of itself and has its own, um, challenges yeah, and cool. also has its own rewards. So, and that's what it's all about getting people to work together and, um, be able to sit around the campfire and actually talk about things that matter. Yeah, you know, we open up about things that matter. Yeah, I think that's, you know, I think when people start telling you it's okay to talk. Yeah, I think that's where you start finding, you know, your solace and and getting it off your chest and not having to hold it in and, and think about these things. I think when you find out other people are thinking and feeling the exact same thing you are, and now everybody's vo vo vocalizing it. Yeah, I think that makes a huge difference. Well, and I think the the general public now is more aware of the military. They're they more understanding that people in the military now, regardless of politics, are doing the same thing that folks have been doing since 1776, yep. what their nation asked. And thank you for your service, Michael. Well, thank you so and, much for having me. Oh, it's great having you in. And yeah. our guest this morning, Michael Simmendinger, and you can find him on militarymobility.com. Hit that website and yeah. go to the donation page and be generous, please. It, uh, it will help a vet near you. And look out for our local events coming soon. <laughs> and thank you for tuning in this edition of Hampton Roads Focus.